Conspiracy theory theater. Uh, I'm sorry to theater. Uh, <laughs> confrontational topics. <laughs> we're getting we're getting per, up close and personal, right? That's okay, funny. taking off taking off the gloves, the uniforms, the the armors, and uh, and reaching in. Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, no, I don't even I don't even know what you want me to say. We were talking before we came on air. air we were talking about. Um, we were talking about people, well, Rod and I, before Rav Jor came on, we were talking about the idea that people, well, let's leapfrog off of last week. So last, yeah, week, we, we, were talking, last week we were talking about people, um, people trying to find themselves and people, uh, this idea of des destination versus destiny and this idea of finding your destiny. And so we started talking off the air a little bit, myself, Rod, Rav Dror, about the concept of people being defined in a way by uh, what they've experienced in life, um, being defined by the pain and suffering of the past, uh, people holding on to things, people allowing themselves to be unhealthy or unwell, to be sick in order to be considered valued, in order for... Um, to be taken care of because they feel like if they don't hold on to that sickness, whether it's physical sickness or a mental illness, if, if they don't hold on to that, um, if somehow they were healed of that or gave up that suffering and move forward, the people would no longer pay attention to them. They would no longer have value to, to other people and to the world. Um, As well, we mentioned this uh, concept of uh, maturity of people uh, that are able to be mature and um, and then you wanted to say that if not, if a person is not mature, so um... so 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 in a personal way, you know, one of the things what we were talking about is Rav Jor and I go back many years, and and like any relationship, like any personal relationship, that's a very deep personal relationship, um, almost to the point that I could say this. I feel this way, the kind of relationship that David Amelech had with Yonatan, David and Jonathan, which is which is an amazing story of love and friendship between two men. We have that kind of friendship, but that doesn't mean that it didn't have its ups and downs and it didn't have its its suffering and its pain and its controversy. So I said Think about think about how much Yonatan was was sacrificing for the for 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 that cause for their friendship like right. he was known to all accepted by all the next king of the nation of israel like he was the in the inheriting one the one who's supposed to take the crown from his right. father shaul like there were no argument at all and he on his own by himself took steps back and crowned david like gave David Amelech, King David, all the power to rule, like removed all obstacles, all challenges, all fight. It's like the sacrifice of, the, like the personal sacrifice of not even being second, of like maybe not even being at all, like just mm -hmm. like changing your direction. Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking about opening a shoe store, like something like off course like something else totally a new life he he started 
for right. the truth, for the sake uh -huh. of the truth. Ira, just because that you mentioned the word um, person, person, personally, um, on a personal level, I must say that I was never ever in my life impressed so much um, from a person that was reacting even to my own personal mistakes in such maturity and um, like truthfulness, loyalty to Hashem, not, not to me, not, even not to the friendship, like it's beyond that, maybe it's to the friendship. You will you will open your heart if you want to and, and explain, but or like reveal, but to to divine concepts like it's a like it's a certain inner dignity that I I, I saw from you that I uh, right, I was very fortunate to 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 see and to and right, to realize from you. We all only learn. For, so what I said was before we hit the live button was. I said that one of the few things that I can say, at least that I've accomplished in my life, was a level of maturity. And, and so we were talking about that. And then I said, um, when you and I started interacting about that, about the, the things that we went through and the tension we went through, was I came, I came to realize, and, and I think this is an important point for all of us, is that there are so many personal relationships that get destroyed over a lifetime. Um, as we, whatever it is, it can be a relationship with a parent. It could be a relationship with children. It could be a relationship with a spouse. It could be a relationship with friends. We destroy so many personal relationships through our lifetime. And, and in some ways, when we're talking about a relationship with Hashem, when we're talking about a relationship with the Creator, when you consider that each one of us is that each one of us has a portion of Hashem from above, and that we're talking about looking into that inner space and connecting with Hashem, connecting with the Creator, then everything in life is about relationship. Um, so if, if I'm interacting on a personal level with another holy person who has a holy neshama in them, and that's another portion of Hashem, then this is what it is. So, so in a way, um, I don't want to elevate myself and say that somehow I, you know, I've mastered some divine concept, but I think at the end of the day, you come to a recognition that relationship, every relationship um, is precious. Every relationship is important and we have to do everything we can to make that thing a success before we burn another one and move on um, with our lives. As we speak silently sitting here, another huge friend, first of all, first of all, of yours, and mm -hmm. um, someone that walked a very long journey with you. And then after uh, you built vessels to, to contain my craziness together, you built something, <laughs> you composed something beyond the matrix you were able to bring me into your uh, into your basket, into your fruitcase. <laughs> well, Rob, I'm going to tell you, this has been a beautiful journey from the beginning with you in it. It's been amazing. It really has. And I concur with you guys that um, relationship is the lifeblood of personal growth and transformation. Uh, we all know that a person who is not married and never gets married lacks the most amazing opportunity to mature, 
to discover their flaws, their weaknesses, and even their strengths. And uh, the quicker that a person that hears our voice would recognize that the whole journey of life is about experiencing the difficulties, the increase, the decrease, uh, the battles, the sickness, whatever it may be, that uh, the secret to all of that is growth, is improvement, is transformation. And it's just like all of creation, just as all creation expands and, and transforms and changes and degener degenerates and regenerates, so do we. And I want to tell you right now, the lifeblood of all of that growth comes from your personal relationships. And this is one of the things that I have found to be the most difficult is how some people find relationships absolutely disposable. They're just disposable. I can do without it. I don't need it. And to be honest with you, only a, maybe, <laughs> maybe two or three times in my life have I experienced someone who felt it best <coughs> dump your relationship for whatever cause. You know how we used to hear when you go to work, you could be fired uh, for no cause. Well, how about a relationship or a friendship that just dissolves for no cause? It's very painful, very hard. But at the same time, those are the flux and flows of life. <laughs> the most amazing thing is that um, usually um, one side is staying with his mouth open, like super overwhelmed and like um, was unaware to those horrible developments of like people taking different routes um, and, and being very like uh, hurt. Right. While the other side is like, um, couldn't care less, like really doesn't really mind so much about like he, what that he dumped was like a waste for him, was not like something major in his life. That's why he really like threw it away. Uh, I think, I think you know, part of the process, you know, in getting personal about this is, you know, seeing in my own life, I can tell you that for... I want to say my father and my uncle, his brother, Alava Shalom, they, um, they didn't speak for about 17 years at one point. My father did not speak to his brother for 17 years. And when I asked my father one day why he decided not to speak to his brother, um, the fight started over my cousin's bar mitzvah. My cousin was bar mitzvahed. And my sister is seven years older than me. And so they invited my mother my, and my father to the bar mitzvah, but they didn't invite me because I think I was four or five years old and they didn't want small children at the bar mitzvah. Small so children or troublemakers? Both. Shovavim. Hamudim <laughs> v'shovavim. Um, <laughs> wrong. Totally wrong. That was good. So, so, um, uh, so he, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't. So my father said, if my son's not good enough to go to the bar mitzvah, then I'm not coming either. And so, because my father didn't go, they, they didn't speak for 17 years. So wait, then it came to a point where somehow they reconciled and I don't know how they reconciled, but they did. And my, my parents 
they, my aunt and uncle decided to move to Florida after my parents did. And they came and they stayed with my parents and my parents helped them find a place nearby and they moved close by. And about a year or two later, they stopped talking again. And then somehow my mother was on the phone with my aunt and this is how the conversation went. My mother, who, Alea Shalom, she was a saint. You know, she was such a, an incredible woman. And she said, what do we do? And you know what the answer was? Well, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. <laughs> this sounds like an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. This is, this, well, this is typical <laughs> Jews. This is, how, this is typical Jewish. Everybody Jews. loves Ira. So this is so this is what I grew up with. This is this was the norm for me. So the what I'm talking about is I'm sharing my personal life so that people can see that there is a possibility to overcome these kind of things. But it takes work. Right. Um and and it's a journey and it's not somehow that I am totally past all these things. Also that, things that also up. that sometimes when you try to go against something that is bothering you, bothering you you can become like radical to the other side and also to be damaged like mm -hmm. you haven't been healed at all, you just went all the way to the other direction. Right. Like people don't want to be upset or angry like their parents and they find themselves like taking all abuse and all shapes, all in, like and for no reason and they lose their lives maybe even in a worse way than than they could can i can i shift it just a second and ask a question Please. um you know we talked about the value of relationships how important it is to growth and spiritual development as well as uh, psychological and, and maturity uh but there are some relationships that are the opposite that should be dumped that should be burnt should be consumed and let's talk about the kind of relationships that are typically very unhealthy to be around and how it affects you spiritually psychologically even in your wealth the toxic ones yes and we're not talking about toxic masculinity we're just talking about toxic human beings right and that's you know i'm going to tell you it's it's all right there are some people who are living with narcissists and you've got to identify with that and you've got to find out how that's affecting you and do something about it because your own maturity and survival uh is really important now once again if it, it, you you know that if you've listened to any one of us speak for any time we've talked about this idea that your spouse is a reflector or the person that you're in a relationship with, whether you're married or not, that person is somewhat a reflection of who you are. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to. About that reflection. Yeah. Did that come on at that right time? That's perfect. I should time that better last time. <laughs> I must have turned my lights off. Anyway, um, that, um, that, that person that you're in relationship with is a direct reflection of who you are. And this is why growth is, is important. But at the same time, if it's destroying you or if it's causing you to make bad decisions, that relationship is not value to value to you and nor will you grow from it. You you will destroy yourself. So. Um, to to my understanding. Our relationships with people are a direct reflection of 
our inner struggles and inner relationships with of our attributes of our mm -hmm. midot so like when you confront someone it's your fears confronting your desires it's your um your hope confronting your worst fears so that relationship with the person is coming to teach you on how to solve things within yourself and when a person is dealing with his own inner struggles with honesty in a right way he's finding tools in life powers mm -hmm. to heal or to fix or to reject the relationships that are toxic for him that are damaging him so like one of the righteous people said when you kill the inner snake you're not afraid of the external snake of mm -hmm. any like physical snake in the world now rabbi nachman of breslev once said that a person can have only one thought at a time and there are only two kinds of thoughts positive thoughts and negative thoughts thoughts that are creative that are building in any way thoughts of hope thoughts of love thoughts of compassion thoughts of generosity all good thoughts that you can have that a person can have and the negative ones can be of anger of fear of criticism of 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 terror of even like a cold cruelty that the person is just like doesn't couldn't care less like cold frozen heart now Rabbi Nachman of Breslev said that the good positive thoughts are the voice of your soul and the negative thoughts are the voice of the evil inclination. So because of the fact that you cannot think on two things in the same time and you can think only on one thing, he said and gave the advice when you have negative thoughts you need to force yourself to think in a positive way it means to think about something else and by doing that you will not open any discussion with your evil inclination inclination you won't let it hurt you start sabotaging your mind and breaking your self-esteem and destroying your positive mo mood and 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 hurting your your plans and your hopes and and your your holy desires so switch from negative mindset into positive mindset and just grow the most beautiful thing here that that is the advice like we said when you find your inner healing you will find tools for your physical healing for your relationship with people so in any situation that some toxic energy is attacking you like in a relationship with a certain person you need to try to shift it to a positive lanes of communication now if the person will catch the run will join you like a soulmate a friend a good like they if your best friend in the world will start hurting you and you're gonna tell him hey stop like you're hurting me Let's talk about something else or like, please don't do it again. If you're real good friends, he will listen to you. He will take the rebuke and he will pay attention and he will continue the journey with you because you both have a mutual intention to grow together. So he will, even if it's hard for him, but he will join the ride. He will take the lesson, even right. if it's painful. 
Now, when the person will refuse over and over and over again and will reject and reject and reject that good effort of yours to pull things to the positive side, you know that you can dump that relationship and it's hopeless because he is choosing to be on the side of the evil inclination and not to work on himself and to join you on a path for growth and healing and success, mutual success. So there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot that I'm thinking of based on what you're saying. So the, the first thing is, is I'll start with the end part. And that's that most people have a hard time being honest um, in conflict. Um, they're so afraid um, of losing sometimes a relationship that rather than saying what they really feel and what they're going through, they say what they think the other person wants to hear in order to maintain that relationship. So where it's important, like you said, if you share... I need to make you understand how what you said or how what you did made me feel. If you say it like that, most people will look at you and go, oh, wow, I'm really sorry. That wasn't my intention. Um, I would never want to make you feel that way unless it's, it's really toxic. Now I'll go to the beginning. One of the most important phrases you said was self, self-esteem. We talked last week about destiny and, and trying to find self. That's probably the most important thing that people need to connect with in what you were talking about. And this idea of this idea of which voice you're going to listen to. When I said that each one of us is this idea of a portion of Hashem from above, it's like when you're dealing with the other side, when you're de dealing with the evil inclination, when you're dealing with the, the left side, with the klipot, what you're doing is you're not connecting to self. This is part of the problem. Part of the problem is because people don't know how to identify what self is. Um, psychologists and psychiatrists come up with all kinds of crazy interpretations for what self is. I'm going to make it very simple for you. Yourself is your neshama. It's your holy neshama. So even you, when you're going through these conflicts, when you're going through the, and I'm telling you, this is part of my journey. When we're talk, being real and personal, the things that I'm sharing, the things that Rav Dror is sharing, the things that Rod is sharing, we're not sharing because we got we got some divine revelation from Hashem from His Torah. This is real life. We've gone through the pain. We've gone through the suffering. We've gone through the relationships. We're, we're giving you information and examples from our own lives of what we've been through and what we've, to a certain extent, are still overcoming, still trying to get through. So what I would say is that even when you're in one of these conflicts, in one of these relationships, whatever the relationship is, you need to take a step back and say, who am I? Oh, wait a minute. I'm a holy neshama. I'm a holy person. I have a portion of Hashem from above in me. I'm holy. So I need to first value myself in this relationship. And I need to make this other person understand that they need to value me, not because of anything else that I bring to the relationship, except that I'm a holy neshama, that I'm a holy person. 
to to help someone else to get to that level that's definitely beyond my power i'm i'm mainly focusing on trying to i think anyway. it's a simple i think it's simple though you, not not that well, not that they need to connect i'm not saying to connect the 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 hard part the journey the level that we're talking about to connect to that nishama to get to that inner point maybe like truth, you maybe like i said Maybe like that I said before, that when you heal something inside of you, so your your surroundings will will enjoy that energy as well. So for an example, maybe if I personally will be able to accept others in that way of them being just the light of their neshama, it will give exactly. them the energy to accept me as one as well. Maybe because I'm finding myself still judgmental and like experiencing the negative sides of how they affect me, they're finding me also hard to digest sometimes. That's good. That that's really good. You know, uh, we had talked about this, mentioned it a couple of times, but how important it is to analyze yourself and to make sure that you're doing, you're in the right perspective and. I thought about transparency while you guys were talking and how important transparency in a relationship is, is, and uh, just being honest, being, being, just being honest. But the question is, is can you be too honest? And the answer is actually, yes, you can be too honest and you can say things that are hurtful and painful and you shouldn't do them. So the balance in life is how do I have transparency? How do I, what's my expectation of transparency from other people in relationship with me? And if I can't be transparent and honest with other people, you can be sure that they're not going to be transparent and honest with you. And I, I think it's really important for us to consider that as, as an important part of our growth and development is learning how to be transparent and honest with people. If it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. Don't, don't don't wreck your world. I mean, you've got to just kind of move on. I, I'm, I'm, I think that, that I want to, I want us to like, to speak a little bit about why people are dumping their, their potential and rather to live their life in some like medium life and not to achieve their goals. Why people allowing themselves to, just to to be stuck in a puddle instead of swimming to the large sea and, and, and achieving like their own dreams. Like why that a person will stop himself? Like it's very easy to blame others and to say because of my wife, because that the kids are not uh, like helpful. Like again, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my own excuses, but like why that a person will not take the needed steps for him to grow and to strengthen his surroundings to join him in in that journey why why person is choosing being medium or cold or dead than to be alive and and to prosper as as he wish well that's a that is a very broad question because there's so many answers to that there's we so said controversial. We said controversial. I well, I, I know, I know, because look, I mean, one side of that can be very, uh, very difficult to hear, and that is there are some people that don't succeed because simply 
they're lazy. They don't want to work for it. Why? Why? It's why crazy. would I be lazy? Why that the person will be lazy? You, it's not that they're lazy because they're going to wake up at 5 a.m. They're going to jump on their truck. They're going to drive for two weeks. They just won't fulfill their dreams. It's not they're going to work with, in labor. They're going to sweat their neck off, but they will not fulfill their dreams. They're not going to. Right. So, so what I mean by lazy. Yeah. Well, let me make this straight. What I mean by lazy is not as. So I'm uh, trying to confront I, you. I'm saying it's not lazy. No, 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 no. You it's should, you should, because that's good. Uh, I may should, I should have used another word, but I don't know of another word that describes an individual who has the wherewithal, but just doesn't do it. I mean, I don't mean that they don't look. I, I know a lot of people that work that, hard that are lazy. I think that people are afraid to succeed more than they're afraid to 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 fail. 100%. 100%. Of, co of course, of course, they're afraid of the distance it takes to fall, not the distance <laughs> it takes you when you're high. Look, Does that make you're sense? always gonna you're always gonna you're always gonna default to your comfort zone. Right. Um, and your comfort zone is always going to be here. There's, you know, there's a line that I'm comfortable with. And and that that line is. OK, you know, I go to the gallery every day, I open up the gallery. Maybe people come. Maybe the tourists won't come until next week. Do I put the credit card machine on, you know, hoping that people will come in or do I just leave it off? I mean, you know, it's like uh, in some way, we're all a product of our environment. We're all a product of where we came from. You know, I talked about my my I talked about my mother and how incredible she was. I loved my father, but he wasn't as incredible. Um, so in many ways, I can remember when I used to s start speaking publicly, I remember standing in front of a group of men once. And I said, okay, how many guys in this room have ever heard this statement? If you don't straighten up, you're going to turn out just like your father. And I would say about 80% of the guys in the room raised their hands. And, and I already knew that it was going to be that way. Why? Because they had fathers that didn't know how to father. And their fathers didn't know how to father. And so we, we that's why... When we end up in a relationship with the creator of the universe, and now we're meeting for the first time a father who, in some ways, you know, I also like you, I'm like, Abba, really? You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, what do you want from me? Um, but, but in many ways, it's, it's, it's a father that's, that's really the, the model of what a father is supposed to be. We don't know how to interact with that. We have no clue how to interact with that. We only know how to interact with what was given over to us in this physical world. And, and in many ways, that it can come with built-in, you know, comfort zone for suffering and pain and failure and all of those things. I can, re I can remember that I had to decide at one point in my life that I couldn't say anymore just like you said, oh, it's my, I couldn't say anymore. It's my father's fault. It's all my father's fault. This, I turned out because of my father. No, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and forget about that. Forget about 
that this is you were put behind the eight ball because of this. So and people will say. So people will say. Okay, so people will say, you know what? I want to change. I want to grow. How will I know who should I be? Like, what should I do? Like, my dreams are to be a billionaire. I don't know how to do that. Like, my dreams is to sit and learn Torah all day long. I don't know how to do that. Like, I have other obligations. Like, what do you mean? What? I've what tried each one of those, and I'm still. About? I've tried each one of those, and I'm still failing. <laughs> I didn't and become I'm, a millionaire. And wait, 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 wait. I've been a friend of yours all these years thinking you were rich. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were if for so many years, if so, for so many years that you're his friend, you thought that he's rich, it means that you also thought that he's cheap. <laughs> well, I, I figured that. I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> All of those things, all of those things can be true for small moments in our lives. But here's the thing. The problem is, is that each one of those things takes work and each one of those things takes working slowly, slowly to become a millionaire. First, you become have to become a hundred air. Then you have to become a thousand air and then you have to become a ten thousand air and then a hundred thousand air. You don't just become a millionaire. And it's the same thing with learning Torah. There have been times in my life where I had the blessing of being able to learn Torah every day. Now I'm not in a headspace to do that. Do I still want to learn Torah? Absolutely. Can I sit down and learn all day? Absolutely not. Um, but I can do all of those things in small doses. Um, it, it's it, to for a person to find out what they want to do with life. I think. It goes back to what you talked about, where extremes, you can't go from one extreme to the other. How many times have I seen somebody that wasn't observant suddenly become observant? And now what they want to do is they want to sell everything they own and they want to move to Israel and they want to learn turn Torah all day and they want to become a rabbi. This, isn't, this is not reality. This is not reality. You don't go from yesterday being somebody who doesn't keep Shabbat to today, you're suddenly keeping Shabbat and you're pulling, putting on tefillin and you're wearing a kippah and tzitzit. And next week you're going to be, you know, it's like I was a chef at one point. People, you know how many kids go, they watch TV now and they go to culinary school and they, their parents pay $20,000 for them to go to culinary school and they think, oh, I'm going to come out of school and I'm a chef. No, that's not how it works. You come out of culinary school and you still become a cook. And if you're lucky, in 10 or 15 years of working really hard, maybe you'll become a chef. There are so many other skills. Mainly, I think that it's like there are qualities of the spirit. Like if the person, like he is a chef, you cannot argue with that. Like he is uh, born to be a chef. Yeah. And if a person is like also can be very limited, can be very like uh, um, like heavy like very far from having the skills but but his inner desire is so strong and powerful that with time with years he will break through all those obstacles and he right. will become a chef so again it's it's a certain quality of of his spirit of his soul now mm -hmm. how how does a person find that like how how will he recognize who he is to make that a purpose, to make that a, a, a life mission to become. 
it comes down to one thing and that is drive and desire. I'm not a millionaire today. I wish I could blame Rob Drawer or Rob Michelson for me not being a millionaire. I wish I could blame my father and mother, blessed memory. Can't blame them. I'm not a millionaire today because I have no desire. It's too much work. It takes too you much time. Been. You could have been if you listened to me, but I could you, have you been. Had to- you had to be too spiritual about the whole yeah. thing. And- I had to be too spiritual. And I didn't I didn't buy that cryptocurrency <laughs> that you told me to buy. No, the point is I just don't care. And, and that's I all right. You if care. you're a person that doesn't care, then that's fine. I, I don't think that that's a lack of success. I don't believe that someone who's not uh, successful in some particular area is a bad thing. I'm not a professional basketball player because I don't have the abilities to do it. Okay, no matter how much I aim high up here in this gray matter, bottom line, I'm five nine and a white man. Okay, I'm not going to be able to play in the NBA. But the point is this that still doesn't keep me from being a success as a human being. And I think that what you and I need to address is what is success? There are a lot of people out there that with twisted views of what success is. And success isn't always uh, a, a achieving a high number on a board. Success, most of the time, is how you live your life and how you relate to your children, your family, your wife, your coworkers. That's success. That's real success there. And success, I don't know. I think that success will always um, connect or will come with, uh, with happiness, joy, with Yes, absolutely. I, I don't think that a person can be successful while he's like sad and broken. No, and you're right. That even I if other that... people will define him as a successful person, he himself will walk with that feeling of being a, a failure. And, and you want to know, it's interesting. In, 19, in, uh, in 2016, they did a survey where 76% of the people on the survey said that they felt like phonies in their lives, regardless of how successful they were or how comfortable they were. 76% of themselves believed that they were phonies in their lives. Right. And I I would people that had cars and houses and wives and money and had everything, whatever they, they considered themselves phonies. I, I, I really do believe it comes down to, they feel that way because of a lack of their ability to be transparent and to be honest with themselves and to grow personally. That's really important. Look, I, I just heard a conversation between two very well-to-do guys. Uh, one was saying, uh, I always thought that when I got it big, when I got that house in Malibu on the beach, that I would have arrived like, this is it. And he says, I bought that house and I was like on a high for like weeks. And then all of a sudden, one day I woke up and realized, oh, this is just my house. This is just where I eat my meals. This is where I go to sleep. This is not that big of a deal. And he says it just lost its luster. And he realized it's not about the the, the glitz of the thing. It's the fa- how satisfied you are with it. There are a lot of people who are, quote, successful that are unhappy people. And to me, that's not a success. Yeah, you know, you talked about drive. So, you know, I just, I'm gonna, I, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. So, 
in talking about what you're saying and what Dror is saying, there's definitely the spiritual component that somebody has that thing in them to be a chef, let's say. But with a lot of people, it comes down to this idea of recognizing that there's a difference between learning skills and being talented. Too many people think, well, I'm not talented. I don't have a talent for this. Now, Rav Jor is an artist. I, I think I talked about this already, that I sort of took up painting recently. And I remember being told when I was a child that I had no talent. Now I learned that it's a skill. So a young man came into the gallery last week, and he's looking at all the artwork, and he said to me, how do I improve as an artist? And I opened up my sketchbook and I showed him a page where all I did was make circles or all I did was make lines. And I do that every day. There are times where all I do is I know, You really are waking up in the morning and opening the gallery for you to be able to give one person a spiritual dime. Like That's really what you right. do. It's just do, just draw circles every day. And I said, then you'll find that over time, you will improve in your skill as an artist. You'll improve because you'll learn how to do lines. You'll be able to do straight lines without a ruler. You'll be able to do a circle without a protractor. You'll be able to do shapes, whatever. You'll be able to do these things. That's what people have to do in their spiritual lives. But we have the expression, la'at, la'at, slowly, slowly in Hebrew. Nothing comes, that's why I said, Everything has to come with work. What, what Rod is saying about drive, you, you need to have drive, and then the drive needs to put, be put in the work. You have to do the work. I mean, it's, an, it's a known thing. I don't know if it's no, very famous, but it's a known thing about <clears throat> Rabbi Nachman of Breslev that asked his life, like on his deathbed, Rabbi Natan, his main student, helped him to move from his seat, from his chair, to his bed and Rabbi Nathan was carrying him very slowly and very carefully really took care of him with super extra respect and, and, and sensitivity but while Rabbi Nathan carried him Rabbi Nachman told him slowly slowly like those were the two last things that Rabbi Nachman said to Rabbi Nathan before he passed away and Rabbi Nathan thought to himself, like, why in the world that he will tell me slowly, slowly, when I'm putting all my heart on taking care of him slowly, slowly, like, I was fully there, like, I know myself. And it was not like Rabbi Nachman was afraid of something, like, if he said it, he had a deep meaning. And then he said, when I realized after he passed away, that those were the last words that he told me and all my life with him were about me learning Torah from him. He always educated me. So I realized that those two words were the way that Rabbi Nachman chose to seal, to finish all our teachings, all what he taught me. So those two words are going on everything that I was ever taught by him slowly slowly that is on really all good. the advice on all the things that he ever told him and to us we should take it step by step slowly slowly guys thank you look at you 
Look how much light, Baruch Hashem, thank God, we're, we're able Beautiful. to bring down to the world. And people are commenting on, on the three social media outlets, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. I can see amazing comments, good stuff. Thank you. Like people are so thankful uh, when people are like, when we are opening up and sharing our hearts, definitely it makes the good impression on our right. friends and followers. May they, their heart will be open and honest and may they succeed in any possible way as well with us. Amen. 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 Couldn't agree more. Great. Uh, before, so thank before, you so we, much. before we go, I'd like to just recognize um, those people that are in the, in the chat that I can see uh, from uh, Iran to Iraq uh, to uh, the United States, Europe, you, you name it, Jews, non-Jews, Muslims, uh, to our Muslims bro and brothers and sisters, uh, there is no hatred here towards you guys. Uh, I know that you've said that. I've seen it in the chat a few times, but there's there's no uh, no hatred towards you guys. I understand there's a lot of things that need to be dealt with. Maybe one day we'll deal with those in controversial subjects. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. It's a big <laughs> what, one. What's going on with Hidbodadut? Um, Baruch Hashem. So um, very thankful that we are teaching it with all power. And the course, Baruch Hashem, that we that we made, um, the Muna project is such a great tool, and it's amazing to see how much it's affecting people. People that signed up for that course of Hidbodedut of the individual prayer, they are coming home with results. Like they're definitely achieving things, and the response that we're taking and receiving and also like the personal conversations, everyone who signs up for the course, I'm escorting him with personal conversations along the course. And you can see the spiritual development. You see how mm -hmm. people are growing and how much people are achieving um, and, and receiving a tool to solve, like we said, slowly, slowly is an advice for all Prayer is also an advice for all. When you're going to learn how to pray to the Maker, how to speak with Him on any aspect of your life, you're going to see salvations in all of them. So sign up for the course, guys, at muna.com or ask us on at, on our, at our email, info at muna.com and, um, and be ready and welcome your great, uh, great um, developments. Thank you so much. Rod. Yeah, so just want to like to invite you guys uh, to join if you would like to have a regular place to learn and study, especially those people from the nations who are not Jewish. We have a great website, nativ, N-I-T-I-V, online.org, or nativ.net, N-E-T-I-V.net. Uh, look, we have classes. We offer uh, Yeshiva level class on the Noahide mitzvah course you should avail yourself of that plenty of information on the website to be able to find what you need at nativeonline.org and that includes our cousins from those nations that rod mentioned our muslim yes. brothers yeah we're, op we're open to everybody we're not yeah. limiting you and if you'd like to learn um you'd li like to learn some kabbalah um, this is my book, The Science of Kabbalah, that you can uh, check out on Amazon. Um, there's a link there um, for my book. 
And uh, also on Amuna.com, you can also see many of Rav Dror's books, his new book, um, Return to the Root, um, uh, talking about the root of your soul, which is very important in this idea of the spiritual journey that we're talking about to uh, finding your inner point of truth. So I recommend that as well. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, guys. And with great joy, we're going to see each other again next week. Thank you. Yes. Yes, we will. Shalom.